Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are back for this week leading up to the 20th of September, proper 20. Uh, And thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We'll be talking about the gospel for Matthew 21 through 16 today. And uh, it's possible, it's actually Matthew's feast day uh, on the 21st, so the next day. So I don't know if anybody's going to... Some churches will move that feast day, especially if you're in a church named St. Matthew's. Uh, you'll probably be celebrating uh, the feast day of St. Matthew on the 20th. That will just be from Matthew chapter 13. We're not going to talk about that gospel. So if you hear that gospel in church, email us. You send us three points from your week of hearing the gospel. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. And we'll share those on the podcast. Literally anything you email us, we will share on the podcast. I just want to make that clear. And um, I think that this is David's way of saying, please email us. Please email please us. Please message us on Instagram. We please comment on our posts. We want, to t- we want to talk to you. We love you guys, you know. We, we miss you. <laughs> we miss people. We miss people, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of missing people, uh, not really speaking of missing people, and finding God. Charlotte, you saw God this week in your life. I did. I did. Well, so this past week um, was the preparation for the opening of school at Christ Church Day School, um, which is one of my other roles. I'm the lay chaplain at Christ Church Day School. And so we are really lucky that we had a an opening plan approved, and we are able to host in-person classes. Uh They look really different. Um, Desks are six feet apart. Everybody has to wear a mask. Like, there are lots of safety guidelines in it. But in order to make that happen in a really small school with a really small staff, it requires that everybody does extra. Um, And it also requires some hands, volunteer hands, that are unexpected to just show up and help the way that God just shows up Mm -hmm. sometimes and helps. And for me personally, the person that really embodied God for me through all of this was actually my husband, Tim. Um, He showed up here on the regular this whole last week. He hung a sun canopy for an outdoor classroom. He um, took all the desks and set them to the appropriate heights. He removed desks from classrooms, tables from classrooms, set things up all over the place, and generally was just a beacon of light and goodwill when all of us were hot, tired, and sweaty, and feeling a little bit overwhelmed at what it was going to require to get these kids on campus. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, part of why I really saw God in that moment is that sometimes we look for God outside of our own personal relationships, We're looking for him outside in the world and doing things other places. And it was really a reminder to watch for God in each other Mm. in the way we interact with each other each and every day. Yeah. And all those people that are helping us do these really challenging transitions, especially right now, Mm -hmm. everybody's transitioning to something. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to think about who, who is, who is uh, holding our hand, you know, or, or helping us through those transitions. Maybe that person. Is yeah. Jesus with us this week or God with us this week? That's cool. Well, we would love to hear from you all in your season of transition. Where are you? What are you transitioning to? School, work, 
in person, online still, I don't know. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. Uh, any of those reflections where you saw God this week or any of your questions or reflections from your week of faith discussion, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website where you can also find all the faith2go resources, myfaith2go.org. Or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. And now we will transition to the gospel for this week. Again, from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Charlotte will read it, and then we will each have a point and then share a point in the middle. It'll be a, a point sandwich. A point sandwich. A point, shared point sandwich. Excellent. Like an Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Okay, so uh, just to catch us up, proper 19, which was last week, was from Matthew chapter 18, the last verses of chapter 18. And this, then we've now skipped chapter 19. Um, and we are jumping all the way to chapter 20. So this, these are the first verses of chapter 20. And Jesus is kind of finishing up. Jesus has had, last week was a, a parable about the kingdom of heaven. This week's a parable about the kingdom of heaven. There's going to be a bunch of parables about the kingdom of heaven, actually, um, over the next few weeks, really over the entirety of the fall leading up to Advent. Uh, we're going to get about at least two or three more, I think. So just get ready for some Kingdom of Heaven discussions, parable-based. And again, I've said this like probably a billion times on the podcast, but I think it's worth saying again is like when we're reading parables, Jesus is using parables as a very specific teaching tool. This is a, this is a, a pedagogical decision by Jesus to be a teacher that teaches with parables. And that's kind of his, the way that he, that's kind of his part of his teaching identity. And so when he's teaching about the kingdom of heaven, 
no one parable, like we said before, well, is going to encompass the entirety of what he's trying to convey about this idea, this kingdom of heaven thing that he's teaching about. He's teaching with stories, meaning that he can't, it's, he's teaching with stories because it's not possible to teach about this thing, the kingdom of heaven, in kind of straightforward language. You know, it has to be metaphorical. It has to be story-based, which I think is really important to think that the kingdom of heaven is made up of stories, that the truth mm -hmm. of it is stories. And so we're getting, it's like each parable is like a thread in the tapestry that Jesus is weaving of this picture of the kingdom of heaven, right? So we're getting a little glimpse each time he tells us a parable. No one parable encompasses the whole thing. But uh, that's what that's why he's got like 15 of them, you know, in just in Matthew, you know, so uh, we're invited to kind of wondering to questioning to thinking in an open ended way about what the possibilities are that Jesus is presenting us with. We're in Matthew chapter 20, just the very beginning. Matthew has 28 chapters. So, you know, we're not that far from Jerusalem. Yeah. Jesus mm -hmm. makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem in chapter 21. So we're very close. Jesus is on his way. And Charlotte has the first point. I do. I do. And David, it actually comes really nice off of the context that you were just giving about the way in which parables infer our thinking about the kingdom of heaven. Because each time I read a parable, I want to say that I process it a little differently. Some of that is based on my own reality in which I'm living the same way that Jesus was telling the parable based on the reality in which he was living, mm -hmm. um, that we all bring our own context to living into these parables as well. And I think that that was certainly true for me as we were discussing our points for the week and when I selected this first one, which is that we don't get to decide how God's going to react to things. Um, <laughs> and, and I say that as much pointed at myself as at anybody else. But I think that very often we have this ability to ask of God what we need, but also to expect of God to give it to us in the way that we have decided we deserve it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in each situation, we infer or we bring our own personal experiences into what God is going to do or, or what his mercy is going to look like in that situation. And it comes from our personal our personal experience, our own lens. You cannot help but see the world through your own lens. But we're called to see it through God's lens. And that I think that that's really obvious in this parable that Jesus offers us because, you know, the first workers come and they're hired and they're so grateful to have the work, even if they have to work through the scorching heat. And they are there and they're laboring. And then the next people come and as the day goes on and all of these people are invited in, well, through my own lens, I might expect that at the end of the day, everybody was going to get paid for the hours that they worked, right? Uh -huh. That makes sense to me, but that's not God's lens. God's lens gets to, to choose this more magnanimous way of being and create this opportunity for everybody that comes into the field that day. But that's just one example, right? We have countless other parables that, that use the same way for us of saying that whatever you are expecting from God, expect to be surprised. Expect that God may react completely differently to the situation than what you are calling 
God to do or expecting God to do, I think is, is really what it is. It's our own expectations that so often carry us in a direction that isn't what the kingdom of heaven is. And that that's what we get in this parable is that maybe you need to set your expectations aside and allow the wonder and the magnanimousness of God to come into being. And that's what brings about the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And like, again, the right, like the parable, Jesus is Jesus's whole point of the parable really of all his teaching is, is to say, you know, God, God's invitation to us of the way of being in community is different than, is different than the way we're doing it right now. You know, he's like <laughs> pushing back in so many ways against so many of the assumptions of the ways, mm -hmm. but, but that's how, that's just a, that's just a, I think a product of being a human being, you know, you, you are formed in a culture with certain cultural understandings of the ends of that culture, you know, of the points of that, of that specific culture. And, 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 you know, so much of our, so, so much of how we are formed is, in, is, um, is dictated by, by the society that we grow up in and, the, mm -hmm. and, and it's just the way it is, you know, but that doesn't have to be the end of the journey that, that there's right. something more open, you know, like, like our formation in, in society is like, we kind of pare down these different realities of who we are in order to fit in. And then at some point there's like a turning point that, that God is inviting us to, to like reopen the possibilities of who we are and who God can be. And Jesus right. is at that intersection. You know, he's like the parables, the kingdom of heaven is that intersecting place. That's the like narrow gate. And then it opens up to this new possibility of what the kingdom of heaven is for us. Is like, there's more, there's always more to the thing. There's more to right. who we are. There's more to our community than what we've been told there is. And there's more possibilities than what we've been told there are. Uh, and at, at its best, I think, you know, religion of any kind opens us, gives that gives us that opening to the to the possibilities that are that are God. And, chal and challenges us not to get too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, I think, takes us to point number two, because if we consider that comfortable spot, um, then maybe we understand the way that the workers, the first set of workers in this parable responded. Um, and if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, our guest was the fabulous Beth Beal from Vita Hoven, and she challenged us to think about two words um, in that parable. And as I, in that section of scripture, and as I looked at this parable, there was a word that really stood out for me, um, and it was the word grumbled. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last only worked an hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really easy to grumble about things in our lives, um, particularly right now. Like, we're living through a global pandemic. Yeah. It's really yeah. easy to get discouraged. It's really easy to share that frustration out loud. And I want to say, like, it's okay to be frustrated, discouraged, angry, sad, any of those things in the situation in which we are dealing with. Grumbling's different than that to me. Grumbling is a way of being about, of going about your life, this disgruntled um, way of going through life and just letting it wear you down and infer who you are as a human being. Mm -hmm. It informs that and you become this person that just grumbles right. and I think that part of this parable is about that. It's about how we receive 
the news from God that is different than what we expected. Right. Yeah, and it's and it's also like the the word, uh, the word in Greek. Here I'll read. It's uh is gungazo, gungazo, and it's supposed to be like, just like this kind of like low low level like droning murmuring you know it's like an indirect mm-hmm. way of complaining right so yeah so the idea is like they that they receive their wages and it's like they kind of go these 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 last workers are only like one hour and yeah. it's not really it's not really like voicing a complaint it's like a, such an indirect way of mm-hmm. complaining that really is just kind of like this smoldering kind of discontent <laughs> you know yeah. um that does lead to just just um re- reinforcing our negative worldview of other people of how we've been wronged it kind of like just feeds our our kind of ego narrative of of who has wronged us why and what they deserve for it but I also really like how the how the landowner, you know, that's paying the people in the story responds because it's like you give me my wage and under my breath I'm like I can't believe this is person giving me this and then and then they're like and so they're just kind of like moving on and letting it smolder. They kind of directly address what is happening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think it's it's almost kind of this this kind of like passive invitation to direct conversation you know like it's not that i don't think i don't think jesus is ever discounting people's views or feelings he is he is he is inviting people to the discomfort of having direct conversation though because he does very directly address a lot of grumblings within his community and he mm-hmm. he addresses people in their grumbling very directly and engages them very directly, and if I think we can we can we can go so far with one another if we really engage directly and are clear about how we're feeling and why, and become aware of why we are feeling that way. Is it just a is it a made up narrative that we've told ourselves in our head based on all these kind of like culturally formed ideas of how things are supposed to happen? Or is it like an out of an actual desire for justice because something in unjust is happening and we're Correct. frustrated by it? And those are two very different things. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we can't really know that until we're open enough to have to engage in conversation with people around those realities. And and then when we engage in conversation, being open for the possibility that we might not have all the answers, that something new might emerge from that reality, no matter which side of the conversation you're on. Right. You know, and right. and so I love how kind of direct this this whole thing is like, oh, you don't think that, you know, you don't think you're getting a fair wage. Well, this is how I do it. And this is how it's going to be done. And if you'd like to come right. back tomorrow, it's going to be the exact same way. So mm-hmm. I invite you to do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, it's like a very clear kind of self-differentiated way of responding and 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 clarity and bring some clarity. Yeah. I think that's pretty much my my third point because to me the the overwhelming the thing that i get most from this parable is that is jesus is saying is jesus is kind of pushing back and saying this kingdom of heaven is really really different than this kingdom that you have been formed in you know that the systems the the way in which resources are 
distributed. Everything about this is different than what you're used to. And we ha and you need to wrestle with that. You know, if if you if you want to be part of this kingdom of heaven, it's going to mean doing things in a different way, like really physically in an embodied way, doing things differently. And and the question is like what is our what are we grumbling about? What is our resistance to that mm -hmm. kind of equity of everybody having what they need, of equality, everybody, you know, getting the same access to resources regardless of who they are or what they've done or where they've come from. And I think we there's like there's a tendency to kind of spiritualize this reality. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but to think like, okay, Jesus is talking about this kingdom of heaven, this heaven thing that happens later in our when we die, right? Or something like that, that like the laborers and the and the time that they arrive is like, well, have you been a Christian for this long or for this long for a hundred years or for 10 seconds before you breathe your last breath or whatever. I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Maybe, but I think for sure he's talking about something physical, some reality of our world, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that we have to come to grips in our modern reality in the United States in the 21st century with the, with the fact that what he is describing is not capitalism. It is very clearly the opposite actually <laughs> of capitalism <laughs> that that we have been we have been formed in a way to be the ones that we are formed to be those grumbling people we're formed to to think that we are entitled to a certain amount based on who we are how much we do what we do and that to that to for everyone to get the same amount regardless of what they do or how they do it or how long they have done it or how long they do it is in some way unfair that it is right. un, inju an injustice even that it goes against our rights and jesus is saying you we that is such a that is such a that is such a personalized individualistic way of understanding the reality of our communal responsibility to one another that somehow we think me holding you me getting more than you because i've earned it is my way of of like respond of being responsible in community and jesus is saying no that's actually not true because in mm -hmm. reality your thriving is directly linked to everyone else's thriving so for you to thrive is act it's actually in your self-interest for everyone to have access to what they need because then you will have exactly what you need. What they're describing in this is everybody was like, a, they are they are creating a wealth gap here, <laughs> you know? Right. That's what capitalism has done in our country is create a wealth gap. And Jesus is saying, no, what he's describing here is like a universal income that whatever you do, you get the same amount. Uh, and it, I think we're, we're, we have a, I think we have a false narrative of, of how to be in community with one another and especially how resources are justly distributed. That is in some way our right to have more than other people. And I don't think that is the reality of the kingdom of heaven. I think we just, and I, and it, Jesus is inviting us to reflect on that reality and wonder what, what new way of doing things is possible. How could we live into this kingdom now? Uh, and what are the policies that we would need to change in order to make that a reality? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So that's three points. Pretty good. Proud of us. Proud of us again. So proud. Mm -hmm. 151. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so point number one was Charlotte's, and it was about you know, where how are we, how how do we move about the world thinking that we get to decide how God works, you know, and are we are can are can we take this invitation to kind of let go, and just be part of the flow of God in our communities mm-hmm. and in our lives, and number two is about. How what what are we grumbling about? You know what is that low level annoyance, frustration um, that that we are carrying with us? Uh, and and what is our invitation to some sort of more direct conversation and direct self uh, reflection in those spaces in our lives? And then the last one is is about this this reality of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is inviting us to, where really everyone has equal access to what they need. All day, every day, every time, no matter who they are or where they come from or how much they've worked or how much they haven't. And to really live into the tension of the fact that that is not really how our communities are set up right now, uh, at least in our in the U- U.S. 21st century context. And what are we called to do about that as Christians, um, regardless of, you know, our status in our communities? So, having heard that conversation, uh, we invite you to reflect on this gospel. Read it again. See if anything jumps out to you. We would love to hear from you. You can email us, faithtogo at edsc.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaithtogo.org. Or you can follow us or contact us through Instagram at faithtogo. We'll be back next week for the week leading up to Proper 21. Um, Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. And until next time, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.